It's a truth meter. Right. It's really a truth meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes some real guts. It takes some real moxie, I think, to to be willing to to accept the impressions and particularly not analyze them, especially in relationships. I think analysis is the wrong tool for the job in terms of intuition. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prevo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. to this episode of Intuition and Relationships, and I have a conversation with Charlie Castix. Charlie is a internationally acclaimed psychic, spiritual guide, and author. And for nearly three decades and spanning six continents, Charlie has paired his intuitive gift with spiritual teaching. Spotlighted by the New York Times and HuffPost, his down-to-earth psychic guidance gets to the heart of the matter. And I really like this conversation because I love tuning into my intuition because the gut feeling, mm, yeah, that's nothing but an instinct, which we use all the time. The problem is that we decide to ignore it sometimes. And we get into these thinking patterns and convince ourselves to do something the opposite of what our gut, what our instinct is telling us to do. And that sometimes undermines our happiness and we're not even aware sometimes of that process. So when it comes to relationships, it's time for us to really sharpen that intuition. And we have a very good conversation of how to use that guide in our relationships. And before we get on to the conversation, I want to remind you that you can go to my website, prepo.com. There you can sign up for my newsletters. You can also contact me there if you would like to find out more about my therapy practice and my coaching practice. And if you appreciate my content here on this podcast, you can click on support the podcast because I count on my listeners, you, to support these efforts, and it is so greatly appreciated. So if you would like to leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation, you can do that on my website, prepo.com. And I'd like to thank a few people who have recently donated to my podcast. I'd like to thank Loris in North Carolina, Tomas in Brazil, and Tanya in California. Thank you so very much. And I also want to get a quick thank you, not a quick thank you, I want to get a sincere thank you to those of you that have written in to me and telling me how much this podcast has benefited you. It really does warm my heart. And though I don't know all of you that are listening, I really am sending you my love. I can feel your desire and your attentiveness to your relationships, to better your lives, to make the connections around you more deep, more loving, more intimate. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. Okay, everybody. Well, here we go with my conversation with Charlie. Yeah, let's talk about it. finally made it yeah yes. we, we've been going back and forth for a while yes. about the possibility of having this conversation absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and here it is in midsummer mm-hmm. yeah it feels great yeah, yeah. thanks for having me Prupo. yeah absolutely wonderful to to be with you charlie i'm i'm curious because i don't know a lot of your history too around how did you get involved in uh intuitive counseling and and 
psychic counseling. I'm just really curious of like how, <laughs> how I know how maybe one does, but I'm curious how right, you did. Right, sure. Absolutely. It's a it's a, a bit of a long story, a long progression. But let's say that um early in my life, I remember being about 10 years old, and it uh that date or that time in my life coincided with my father's death. So there was a you know painful aspect and and certainly uh dark night of the soul in, in a very experiential sense, I remember saying, it's time to get serious about my spiritual path. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a little <laughs> precocious bugger, like, uh, you know, at eight years old, a couple of years before I was an altar boy and I was enacting masses in my room and playing with holy water. And so I was always drawn to the mystical, always drawn mm. to the the sense of the sacred, it, first in the church. And then I got exposed to metaphysics and it's like, I just blasted off. So after um, investigating and exploring quite a lot as a really young boy, by the time I was 18, I started the first of two apprenticeships with first a Native American medicine man, Chippewa medicine man. And then after that, a few years later, it turned out to be a, a decade-long apprenticeship with both of them, uh, with a Lakota spiritual leader, a holy man named Richard Sparrow Eagle. So that brought me into a whole other dimension of where the spirituality got very grounded in ceremony and um, uh, you might say like a pantheistic kind of way of looking at uh, in the sense of seeing spirit as not just an extension of nature, but nature itself and creation in the cosmos, all being divine, all of it being divine. So I was very uh, enthusiastic about that inquiry into spirit from the experience with my Native American elders. And I found that, well, I was always fascinated by intuition. I was always fascinated by the fact that um, I seemed to be able to see visions and images and stories in my mind when I was a kid and a child. And I would find that a lot of those visions would come out and play out in my everyday life. And um, I had a fascination with the tarot, which was interesting, and cardamancy. So I started studying it. And then from there, I found, wow, like the next thing I know, um, I'm doing a few readings for friends. And I was really surprised because I just wanted to be a, a really good tarot reader. I was trying to actually approach it very academically. Mm. And um, I'm fascinated with, with intuition and psychic ability, but I didn't have any aspiration to be an intuitive, quote unquote. But then I found a lot of the aspects of uh, guidance were leading towards future prediction or even perception of the present that was very accurate. And I felt, oh, well, I, I think I have to really follow this. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious <laughs> of when when you're picking up some things, you sure. know, that's what I call, you know, the yeah, the lay term a little bit, you know, getting the hit. I'm picking right. something up. Right. Sure. When you're doing readings for mm -hmm. somebody, when you pick up something that they may not want to hear, you know, something that is a little bit of a warning. Let's even say it's around relationship. Because my wife was right. just telling me the other night, just before she met me she saw an intuitive and the intuitive said, you need to get out of the relationship you're in right now. This is not the relationship for you. He was upfront and he said, and there is a relationship your your soulmate is waiting right around the corner. Wow. And he was yeah. he was direct with that, it, but it reinforced her own knowing, yes, I knew it, I need to get out of this relationship. So she needed that push right. to right. get out of the relationship. And yeah. lo and behold, two months later we met. So I'm just curious, they, are are you that that um, I don't want to say clear, but how how do you when you pick things up? How do you present that to people that they can hear it? Sure. Well, my first guiding impression, the first impression I have, I feel like I am obligated to share that, whether it's comfortable for me mm. or not, <laughs> whether it's comfortable for my client, for my sitter or not. Because after all, I, I'm not I'm not there to say what I want to hear, and the person's really not there to just hear what they want to hear. 
So I follow what I call the guide impression. I have a specific impression. It may be connected to the present time frame, past time frame, future time frame. I see images, um, numbers, words, um, mostly very visual imagery that sometimes often has to be translated. That's a metaphoric kind of language. But my point of honor is to say what I feel. I, I think that the opportunities for me to present the information, especially if it's challenging, in a really compassionate way. Hmm. So I look at it in terms of, well, the, the skill aspect is in interpreting what I'm seeing, but it's also in the delivery. So I've learned that in nearly almost 30 years of having one of the most unusual careers on the planet <laughs> as a kind of guide of souls, um, that I can say almost anything if it's coming from compassion and it's coming from a place of really having the person's best interest at heart. Mm. That's, a, that's a good compass to have, oh, to be from there. Absolutely, absolutely. That's true north. Mm -hmm. hey, I, don't, I don't think there's any other way we can go. Mm. It, it seems like it would do it a disservice otherwise. Yeah. Well, and what would you say intuition is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, it's such a such a, a a fantastic question because it's very ineffable. Obviously, it's something that we can't encapsulate. But in a, in a broad stroke way, I conceive of intuition as being the medium through which we receive information in a non physical way. So beyond the senses. Okay. Mm -hmm. is, is it any part of like a body intelligence, do you, because mm. people, uh, sometimes yeah. I know I manifest intuition through like a body sensation. Yes. You know, I can walk on a room and I can feel coldness come and I'm like, oh, there's something here. Yeah. Or, right. you know, so, so, but it, it goes beyond the thought process for me. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah. I love what you're saying, Prepo, because that's, um, that's my perspective as well is it, it transcends the thought process. It seems to be transrational, really, in a sense. You know, I, I think uh, intuition leapfrogs over a kind of linear uh, progression of facts and, and information and just kind of cuts right to the chase. So, um, but to your question, yeah, I, absolutely. I do get kind of, uh, whether you call it somatic or body type of impressions, um, but I've learned to be very aware of where a person's, let's say their their fields, their, their energy field, their electromagnetic field that surrounds their body, where that ends and where mine begins. Hmm. So yeah. I, I guess implicit in what I'm saying is I'm very, I'm essentially a pretty private person with a, with a, uh, a sacred gift, with a blessed gift here. And so um, it makes me more aware that unless somebody asks, or unless somebody's wanting to receive guidance, I'm very much minding my own business. I have to really open up to to receive it. And does it happen in your partnership with your? Yes, your, with my yeah. wife, Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. In fact, we finish each other's sentences a lot of times. Mm. Does she ever say? Does she ever say, "Get out of my head"? Right now. Get out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Not so much. Uh -huh. But it's more of like, did you think? Did you think that, or did I think that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it uh, it works both ways, absolutely. She's become, Catherine's become much more psychic and intuitive, I think, just by proxy. And So how do you think it benefits relationships for people to be able to hone in their mm -hmm. intuition and use it as part of their toolkit of right. relating, of connecting? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it opens every door for a deeper kind of communication beyond the surface beyond the just going through the motions and kind of automatic pilot of the day. Yeah. I mean, that on that level, intuition will inform you beyond the moods of your partner, mm. beyond what's really happening, just, you know, superficially connected to, well, let's say, um, I think that we can clue much more into the state of beingness of the partner versus how they are as an action figure, quote unquote, you know, how they're, how they are as a person that's doing. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that that becomes more clear of people aware of 
any kind of codependent or enmeshment that they might have in the relationship, mm. right? Because if there's more of the codependency, I think people think they're picking up on an intuition, but what they're sometimes picking up on is the difficulty to differentiate and separate. Right. As opposed right. to, um, you know, people. some people have intuitions around, uh, there's something that you're not telling me because I can pick it up right. in the way that you're, Mm-hmm. that you've been orbiting around me or or a different tune. Uh, but some people have it straight out that they, like you said, images or some visuals that come up. And I have a good sense of, my wife has a wonderful intuition about, mm. about walking in the world of uh, the next things that she needs to do or something that just feels right for her, for her to do. My intuition is more around people. Like right, I, I grew right. up in Detroit, and maybe there's something to that where, like, you know, I can walk in and sure. feel like, nah, there's something about this dude, man. Now, I, yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm usually right on, and I will tell my wife, she might think about, oh, this person is, you know, real. I'm like, honey, you need, you need to just watch out. No, no, I think, honey, you need to just watch out. And a month later, she's like, yeah, you know, you're really good, you're really right. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know where where that comes from of that intuition of. Uh, you, you're saying the electromagnetic field be, between people. Maybe that's why I chose the profession that I'm doing. That I really mm-hmm. can pick up understandings of, uh, in some way, transparency. Like right. I feel like I'm a real good uh, tuning fork around truth. Like, right. nah, you know, you're bullshit right there. You're holding. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, it's interesting because I I have this perspective, Prepo, which is like. Uh, and I, I share it with clients these days, which is suggesting that they keep fresh batteries in their bullshit detector. <laughs> yeah, because, wow, you know, uh, intuition, who knows exactly what it is? I think it really is ineffable, but it seems to be a function of higher intelligence and sensing. And it's certainly here to help protect us and help navigate us. Yeah. And I think it it confirms for us too. It confirms for us, it's like, the relative temperature of our reality or the rel- relative state of our consciousness is um, you know, very observable through, through intuitive perception. Yeah. yeah, so we can get in touch with what's, what's really there you know, behind the facade. That's one thing that interestingly uh, is a bit of a leap motif in uh, the Native American, or, or I think it's fair to say all indigenous cultures where a person's perceived beyond their physicality. It's not just the wardrobe, body language, presentation, intonation of voice. It's what we're doing where you look someone in the eyes and you really see the presence of the soul or the being there. I think that's, uh, that's quite something really, because we're going way past the superficial. And, uh, it's magical. I mean, these days, um, it's a different kind of relationship, but with my clients, I'd say uh, maybe in the last uh, three or four years, I get this sense of, uh, especially with my regulars, I'll see them in my mind. I'll have the impression of them just fleeting, just a fleeting thought that day they book a session or the next day. Or, yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. constant. And I think, of course, there's really great poetic phrases like uh, quantum entanglement mm. and, um, and, and I think it is, but I like to think of it more like a quantum coherence, though. Mm, yeah. You know, the right. interconnection that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, too, instead of an entanglement. Because I, I know for me, right. I have some <laughs> friends that live in Montana that I haven't talked to in a few years. I'll have a dream or a thought, and I love taking action on that. Say, hey, I'm just telling you, like, I just thought about you. Right. Just want to just send my love to you. And lo and behold, they'll come back on I know you're thinking about me because this is what's going on and you pick something up. I had my father's, one of his best friends growing up, uh, a woman that he he was friends since he was five with. Whenever she would have a dream about somebody, she would call them the next morning just to see how she was doing, they were doing. And it was, it was really interesting. Uh, I remember saying, ah, Sally just called. She had a dream about you, you know, and, 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 most of the time she was picking up on something. There was something in the person's life that wanted to be expressed, maybe needed some support. And so she had that way of right. instead of saying, yeah. Hey, how can I how can I support you? She thought, Ah, Sally had a dream about you, so therefore 
what do you need? How can I help you? Is there something up? And that's mm-hmm. that was just a sweet, sweet way of connecting yeah. in that way of yeah. intuition. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's beautiful. For some reason, in a kind of abstracted way, it reminds me of um, when my my maternal grandmother passed many years ago. My girlfriend and, and I at the time were getting ready to go to Disney World <laughs> the next day, and um, I had this feeling of like, well, I wonder if you know how's how's Nanny doing, and and we weren't there wasn't any news that she was terminally ill or anything. And that night I had one of the uh, the only dreams, well, one of the few rather, not only, but one of the few dreams I've had in my life where it was a visitation from an elder. And, and my beautiful grandmother, my Irish grandmother came to me with the silk robes and the light around her. It got my attention in my sleep and she told me she loved me and mm. connected with me and I woke up. Wow, nanny's passed. And then my aunt called and said, well, guess what? And I said, no, she came last night. And then she was, my aunt was so honoring to me because she said, out of everybody in the family, that makes the most sense that she came to you mm. so that she could, you know, let everybody know that she was okay. Mm. Yeah. But you have uh, Sally and there's, there seems like there's always um, beautiful souls in the community that somehow keep us all yeah. connected by listening to their intuition. And I love that my wife and I, over the years, we started to really start trusting each other's intuition. Ah, like yeah, when one right. would say, hey, you know what? I'm getting a hit of this. This is my intuition. I used to kick and scream, but it used to be like, oh, okay. All right, babe, if, if you have that intuition, that's what we're, what we're doing. Right, right. We moved from, uh, I was telling you, we were living in, in Portugal for a while mm-hmm. and we just got a hit through a dream, through other things of moving to Maui. And it was just like, wow. okay. That's a sea that's, change. Yeah, if yeah. that's what we're gonna do, that's what we're gonna <laughs> and do. And you did it. And over the years, we're, like, I think that that's where when couples or people in family really trust the other person's intuition, there's a mm-hmm. level of trust that takes a huge leap. That right. I'm not just trusting your your reasoning and your intellect, but I'm trusting something so that deep inside you, yeah. that your being, mm-hmm. your unique being, that even though it might go against something that I can't see, I'm going to trust you in this way, and we'll take. Uh, I'll take this journey with you, and that's a big level of trust. Yeah, it really is. Because often, yeah. as you suggest, that's such a good point. Because it, it it rarely do does intuition come through in a really necessarily a convenient way, right? right? You know, yeah. usually it wants to kind of shake the rafters and. Yeah. Um, don't, get the, don't get on the airplane. Don't get on the airplane. No, I got. I gotta go. I got. No, don't get on the airplane. Right, right. Yeah, that little, that quiet voice that sometimes isn't so quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my uh, you know, uh, a story c- comes to mind that uh, I think is relevant. My mother, speaking of family and intuition, my mother basically saved my life one time because I had childhood asthma that was fairly severe. And one afternoon I was wheezing so badly and, you know, she's, are you okay? You all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I remember laying down on the couch and barely breathing and straining so hard to breathe. And I remember just kind of sort of closing up shop, strangely Mm -hmm. enough. You know, I just felt like such a diminishment of life force. And obviously, uh, you know, starting to kind of, and the pilot light was starting to go out. So I, I decided to just rest and nap because I wasn't getting enough oxygen. Shortly thereafter, my maybe, I think less than a half an hour, my mother walks in and taps me on the shoulder and I was just falling asleep and barely breathing. She said, come on, get up. We're going to the doctor. And I got a shot of adrenaline that hmm. allowed me to breathe again. And it was uh, dramatic because on one level, I, I felt like I was leaving, um, but I was so weak that I just wanted to sleep and rest. And, and on another level, uh, of course, especially after I got the adrenaline, I realized that mother's intuition, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's such a, um, it's, it's, the, it's the grand archetype 
<laughs> so do you find that do you find that that's more of a feminine energy and intuition do more women that's a good question uh, you know i don't know if it's more women accept their intuition than men as opposed to men tapping in but they don't trust it it's not part of the male culture so they don't cultivate it what do you right. what do I, you experience I, yes i actually agree with that the latter yeah i think men are maybe not equally intuitive necessarily but close to it i think it is predominantly a feminine or yin energy that kind of receptive magnetic energy is the way i think of it if people mm. want to become intuitive well it's best they become a little more magnetic mm. because uh which is my expression for being receptive because the uh the act of receiving guidance is begin always begins with listening for yeah. it so it seems feminine but uh, men, well, actually men and women, the trusting part seems to be the central dynamic. Right, exactly. That's, that's the, like the deal breaker right there. And isn't that, the, that's more of a yielding energy than feminine energy. So a yielding energy of, is trusting. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. right. Um, in the sense of expanding or opening or even just uh, trying to embrace information that may not seem logical, may not right. seem rational. Yeah, being more curious and open and interested. Because right. that's what you were saying right. is like one of the first steps to cultivate intuition mm -hmm. is you have to have an, an awareness, an openness of even wanting to be a receptive right. particle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, I was just thinking when we were talking about that earlier, men and women, that's maybe why, why when I say I'm considered more intuitive when it comes to picking up other people's energy mm. male, male focus a little bit in the realm of providing and mm -hmm. protecting right so right. if i'm a protector as as this male energy then i'm kind of scanning the environment most more men i hear going oh, i don't know about this guy or they you know they tell their their women partners more about people about maybe protecting them from other people where other women um in that instance usually is uh, maybe don't want to yield to that protecting. They say, no, you know, this is fine. And another man says, no, I'm picking up, like, right. let's not go down the street or let's not go here. Yeah, Maybe it's an overprotectiveness, but I think that that's an instinct that men have an intuition that maybe women don't have as much in some way because of our makeup of protecting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. It seems like women have the side of it, like knowing that their best friend is pregnant before they know. Mm. Yeah. So it's a different, it's a, a kind of sense of life aspect. They're being life sensitive versus say ego sensitive. Mm. It's one way to at least interpret it. <laughs> so how, how would you give any offerings to women when they're when they're dating or in a relationship, because I tell women, don't be with a man for his potential. You know, oh, that's watch. A, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like, an you interesting gotta be careful about staying. You gotta, you know, did you, uh, did you get what you bought? You know, if that's enough and the potential is gravy, but don't only be with, oh, he's gonna change and he's got so much right. potential. Right. So I'm just curious of, you know, how can people really hone in more of their, I'll call it a good picker, being a good picker mm -hmm. when they're choosing, because choosing is is uh, half of the battle of, Absolutely. of being <laughs> Absolutely. with somebody in, a, in yeah. a good relationship. Yeah, I agree. Good picker. Well, it's. Uh, I think the intuition is ahead of the rationality. It's ahead of the brain. Heart's ahead of the brain in this sense. So, you know, the instinct to choose a partner is usually like a gravitational pull. There's like a magnetism there. In the same way that we'll see, we walked through um, back in the day when bookstores were really prominent. And if you love to read, a lot of times you're walking down the, the aisle and there's a certain spine of a book that wants to jump off the shelf practically, right? So that same kind of glow, I think of it, it's like a glow that that's there. But I would say pay attention to the glow, but also consider being met halfway. I like what you said about don't don't buy up for the potential or don't right. log on for what could be. Yeah. But paying attention to that instinct, usually that instinct 
to approach the man or to embrace this unknown partner and that magnetism is usually pretty challenging because mm -hmm. there's kind of an amplitude of, of um, again, a kind of gravitational pull that may not be explainable. I mean, they may be outside the box of their physical preference or their typical um, you know, set of attractive uh, features that they would normally go for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say also to speak up to what is coming up for, mm. for you. Like um, I was with a client recently and she said that uh, her husband of some years really nitpicked at her a lot and just picked at her and put her down. Mm. And she knew it from one of the first dates that they were out oh, okay. that he did that. And she thought to herself, oh no, he's going to be this kind of person but she didn't speak up to it. She didn't wow. say, hey, wow. you know what? I'm kind of feeling picked on right now and that doesn't feel good. I can feel myself distance from you. We've got to change this dynamic. Yeah. And if she would have spoke up, she wouldn't have spent years suppressing it and going back and wishing and regretting. Because I think that's the part right. of intuition right. that people go, I knew it, or I should have broke up a yeah. long time yeah. ago, or I should have spoke up. It's like, yeah. Right. It's a truth meter. Right. It's really a truth meter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes some real guts. It takes some real moxie, I think, to to be willing to to accept the impressions and particularly not analyze them, especially in relationships. I think analysis is the wrong tool for the job in terms of intuition, at least, maybe on other planes of navigating or negotiating relationship. But intuitively, we get the hit, we get the prompt. I think the follow through is the opportunity. It's not an obligation, it's an opportunity, it's a gift. It's like you, you get to follow it through and transcend your comfort zone and find something beyond your, your normal experience or beyond your past. You know, the potential always comes in a way, wasn't it King Arthur in um, the Knights of the Round Table were told to look for the Holy Grail and they were told, uh, two factors. One, they weren't told exactly what it is. And secondly, they weren't told where to look for it. Mm -hmm. But the great knights, the I, I, I suppose the story goes, they, the bravest of the knights went to the darkest area of the woods to begin the search for the Holy Grail. And I think there's a nice reflection there with our intuition that it's, it's not usually comfortable, but it always is natural. Mm -hmm. It always feels organic. Like, oh, I know I should have followed through and called that guy back or, you know, that person I wanted to talk to in the checkout line and I should have, and you feel like there's that kind of missed wave of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want, as I get older, 60, I don't want many of those moments anymore. You know, I really want to follow right on with that. you, right with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it makes it so rich. It's so magical to maybe speaking of masculine and feminine energy in some sense to lose control, to be in a, which is not to say to be berserk or mm. um, uh, not in possession of oneself, but in the sense of a positive surrender of kind of letting go of trying to control an outcome. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the implicit gift in intuition is, okay, it comes as a mystery, comes as a surprise. And the only work involved is really untying the bow on the package. And moving out of the way, right? Like yes. stop the resistance. Yes, getting out of the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think of it as relinquishing resistance. That's mm -hmm. hand in glove with surrender, right. spiritual surrender, not in, as in defeat, but getting out of one's own way. Yeah, because yeah. many people, they might get that hit, but then, their mind will start to reel of why it won't happen or the obstacles yes. to it. And yep. I, I kind of look at it as like, you know, all of a sudden they're put it in reverse instead of just letting it go neutral and down the hill. Definitely. You know, of just like you say, allowing that to happen and not analyzing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the times I didn't analyze I, I, what's coming to mind. I remember when I stopped playing baseball my sophomore mm -hmm. year, I uh, then didn't practice at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So I had this whole afternoon now to go to school instead right. of going to practice. Okay. So I needed a class from Tuesdays to Thursdays, uh, Tuesday and Thursday from like one, you know, two o'clock till 3.30 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I went to Michigan State and it was this huge campus and many, many students. And we had to manually register um, mm -hmm. at this one time. So I went into this big building and it had thousands of students 
and it was chaos. And I thought, all I need is a class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. Do it there. Right. And I walked up, quickly looked up, and it said Japanese 101, Tuesday and Thursday, two o'clock till 3.30. And I remember looking at it, wow. and just like this, this hit <laughs> came, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I, I, mm. I, I like watching Kung Fu and nothing to do with, right? You know, right, right, right. David Carradine and Kung Fu. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, sure. and lo and behold, I started loving Japanese. Um, started, uh, I, that was my second major. Um, and I started wow. to get interested in internet, international business. And then after graduation, I went and lived in Japan for a year. And then I did business uh, as a corporate executive with Japanese companies. Right, right, right. So for me, it was like, if I didn't Quite take a destiny. That, right, if yeah. I didn't have that hit of like, all right, Japanese one-on-one, I'm not gonna analyze it. Right. What am I gonna do with Japanese, you know? Instead yeah. of just like, okay, do it. And it just led down. And wow. I'm sure people have had these, um, these followings in their, in their inner guide, but sometimes it comes really frivolous and we just have to say, okay, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll try it out and right. see where it goes. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing in your case how that, just that one simple acceptance of that prompt or that instinct has created a whole trajectory of your right. life. Exactly. I mean, it's really phenomenal. Yeah. I, I often think like, it's not complicated. It's not complex. People often want to complicate intuition. It's more of, it's not necessarily emotion it's deep natural instinct. It's really an instinctive process or an exp instinctive experience. The same way when you go to a, uh, you know, if we, we dropped ourselves down in a bazaar somewhere in a foreign country and we were given a per diem and uh, we could eat anything we wanted and we could buy all the clothes we wanted, every one of those choices would be informed by an instinct. Right. The colors, the flavors, and we would just go around, you know, kind of taking in the buffet of life, hmm. but based in what calls to us. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think we, ha we naturally have preference. We certainly have opinions, but there's also kind of instinctive preferences. So people that have a hard time with control have also then a hard time with letting go of following an instinct, right? Because their instinct, sometimes we can't control an instinct, right? Okay, right. And right. so would I see that happening in, in couples, for instance, you know, one partner might say, let's just, let's just go about our day with no plans. And the other person is like, no, uh, I think right. if we don't have plans, we're not going to have a good time. Or they can't just follow their instinct or intuition. And I find when I know that I do it, or when I hear people really allow themselves to be free and just really follow their instincts, mm -hmm. how the mystery unfolds and becomes magical and they have wow. a one, wonderful time. Yeah. But the part of the control is also for, for what I see is not trusting themselves to be able to respond to a situation that's unknown. And isn't that right. a big part of following intuition is like, oh. I have no idea what's gonna fucking happen but I know that I'll just respond to what comes to me. Yeah, yeah being willing to say yes to it. Mm. But yes to the call to adventure, really, in a mythic sense, like Joseph Campbell's right. um, admonition. I have an, an interesting kind of mini story in the sense that um, when my wife and I met, we met at a spiritual awakening camp in California with a Lakota holy man. And that's where we met. and. Before I, we were living in Texas, my girlfriend and I at the time, and I was engaged to her. <laughs> and uh, Catherine, my wife-to-be, was, was with her partner. Um, now, before she left to, to go to the awakening camp, one of her friends said to her, well, actually, she said to her friend, I don't know if I should stay with John. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. You know, but what's going to happen to him if I leave? And her friend very wisely said, well, what's going to happen to John if you stay? Mm. So she took the chance to go to this awakening camp and just kind of cool out and not really try to make a decision, but to attend to her spirit and have this experience and then maybe decide when she got back. Well, here I am on the other side and in Austin, Texas, getting ready to leave. And I'm asking my teacher, Sparrow Eagle, I said, I don't know, should I go to this awakening camp? And 
He says, yeah, I've already seen you there. I've seen you standing next to a red pickup truck and it's very important that you go. And to this day, I really felt like he knew why, but didn't say exactly why. So, so I go to the awakening camp. I meet my wife of nearly 30 years now, of 28 years. And uh, the amazing thing was when I came back after the experience of meeting Catherine, I come back to my fiance in, in Texas and we're living together and she looks at me and she, just coming through the door and she just, wow, you met someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about uncomfortable. I said, that's right. I, that was, I thought I'd have an extra five minutes before I'd say <laughs> something. And she, and she said, I had a vision. This is maybe a little bit beyond average intuition, of course, but she had a vision of this elder gray antelope that we knew, this Weichel um, medicine man. And she said, he came to me and he told me that you were going to meet something and that I was to not interfere. Ooh. Right. And this is just such a profound uh, experience across the board for all of us. And of course that was challenging for her, but it underscored to me the importance of what I felt because that's a whole other story unto itself. But the connection with my wife, Catherine, was super organic and intuitive. Um, we knew right away. Hmm. It was the one look, you know? Yeah. So, but to your point, I think following it, that seems to be the brass ring opportunity. That's what really creates the empowerment. You follow that first little prompting, you get another one, you get another one. But if you block it, it's like the sequence gets thrown off. Right. Yeah. And I love when I know I follow it, then more maybe synchronicities start to show to give me the momentum to like, yes, you're on the path. Right. See this? Absolutely. <laughs> See how the universe is throwing this at you that right. is so magical you couldn't even yeah. think of it happening that way? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I, rem I remember um, my wife told me um, after some years, I said, oh, we haven't traveled in a while. I'm really missing the adventure of just being a traveler. And she said, mm. why don't you just go travel in Asheville one night? And I'm like, what do you mean Asheville one night? I mean, like I go out in Asheville all the time. She said, no, use it like a traveler. And wow. I knew what she meant. Wow. She meant just go with your intuition. Cause when I travel, when we travel, we love just going through it with our intuition. And I remember right. getting out of the car and doing kind of a 360, you know, I'm going, all right, where does, where does my body want to take me? And I started seeing like visions of like going down Asheville alleys. I don't go down the alleys. Ah, interesting. And I started going down the alleys. Right. I went into mala props and yeah, yeah. I, I said to myself, don't go towards this, the, the self-hope books, man. Do not go there. Like, you know, <laughs> and so I remember just oh, like, I okay, That's where great. do I want to go? Great. Where do I go? And I, and I pulled myself to the counter, the reception counter, and there was a a pocketbook uh, declaration of independence. You know, when it was a little mm. smaller. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? I'm supposed to buy? All right, $4.99, go ahead. <laughs> Put it in my pocket. Had a magical night of just how things were unfolding. Ended up at a restaurant, at the bar to order dinner, and a woman was sitting next to me. And we had this, this very interesting conversation. And as we were talking, she started talking about the Declaration of Independence. Independence. <laughs> and I said, well, oh. let's see which amendment this is. And I took it out and read it. And it was, it was just so beautiful, wow. that kind of synchronicity of following. Mm -hmm. And to me, that makes um, life so more alive. And I guess what I wanted to have this conversation with you also is about how to we can create more aliveness in our relationships through intuition mm. that um, to trust that part that what do they call it the sixth sense or another right. sense of ourselves right. that we can actually utilize to make and thrive in relationship yeah 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 beautifully said prepo it 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 kind of um provokes communication doesn't it mm -hmm. it provokes communication when you start to get a sense of needing to tell your friend or your lover, an insight, a thought, an unexpected subject matter, anything that you you feel like, okay, let me just go ahead and do this. And it, it's always catalytic. It's mm -hmm. always catalytic. It's like yeah. it always creates connection. And I feel like the important thing is we say something. Just, yeah. just bring it out. Don't have it in the abstract. 
And I think if you bring it out and it gets rejected, you got to kind of think about, is this the kind of atmosphere and the environment of the person that I want to be with? If I'm going to say something out right. that might sound stupid, might not make sense, but they don't have the openness to respect. Let me let me know more about that. What's going for you? Tell me more about this right. this hit that you're getting instead of crushing it or controlling it. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to say to people, you know, in that sense, we have to we have to know. You know, you know Greg Lavoy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Greg, yeah, Greg. Greg's a, a very yeah, good friend of mine. Beautiful, beautiful man. And yeah. and the one thing that always sits with me, and I said it over and over in this podcast, is Greg would say and ask this question, do I like myself here? Do I like mm. myself in this room? Do I like myself in these clothes? Do I like myself in this friendship? Do I like myself in this relationship? Right. And I think that's right. a really important question to ask wow. when you're expressing and feeling your intuition. Mm -hmm. Do I like myself in this relationship if it's being, if my intuition is being cultivated and supported or if my intuition is being questioned and squashed? Right, right. I wouldn't like myself in that relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful way to look at it because there's a degree of comfort and discomfort. It's like the dynamic there, and I imagine it connects with what you said earlier about curiosity. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think that the spirit of curiosity is always playful, always. Um, well, curious, <laughs> always willing to discover something new. And that's absolutely inseparable from intuition, that aspect, that experience. And do you think that we, you know, most kids have a beautiful sense of intuition? Yeah, yeah. And there's a point in time where society comes in and kids are told what to think or told what not to think and they lose that. Yeah, yeah. And do you have any insights of how how to bring back that aspect of a uh, childish oddness of just following intuition or connecting back with our our intuition mm. in a childlike way? Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the idea of just figuring out or discerning what your passion is and pursuing it because it seems like that always puts people on track. Mm. Yeah, you kids know? don't do a lot of things that they don't want to do. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. They already know what their favorite color is and what they're interested in. And in the same sense, as we evolve in our adulthood, there's a guiding spirit of our life. And uh, it, it may be intrinsic, it may be internal, it may be natural, and just kind of factory installed. But there, I think there's also an element of it that's conscious and intentional that guiding spirit. In other words, you determine that you want the guiding spirit of your life to be intuition, or you want it to be union or connection or communion or empowerment. Or um, I think that really helps the process along. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. As well as becoming receptive. So I, I feel like people oftentimes they're very intuitive but they're running so fast in any direction, you know, right. they just run right past it. Yeah. It's, it's usually the most obvious, it's the elephant in the room. It's the most obvious thing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said this before too, my wife uses this language, what do you feel for? And do you, do feel, you feel for? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel for broccoli or do you feel for cauliflower? Oh yeah. And that's, so, I like that. Yeah. yeah and that's so nice. everything says, <laughs> do you feel for going out today? Do you feel for sitting home? Do you feel for taking a walk or do you feel for lying down? And huh, so to me, it's, it's her sense of her intuitive sense. Like, what are you intuiting that you, that you're not, what do you think? What, right. What's rational? What's the right. best decision? But what do you feel for? And I think that that's very connected with, with the more childlike aspect of connecting with our intuition too, is allowing ourselves to, to mm -hmm. feel the passion of, definitely. this is something that I want to go towards because I'm, I'm getting magnetized in some way to right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it, it, you know, it seems so self-propelling, doesn't it? It's like what we're, what we feel for, we don't have to work at really. I mean, just the sense of showing up to what we feel for, if we're not in our own way, if we don't overanalyze it, if we don't try to, to uh, make the most natural instincts 
complex, it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some people might think, well, you know, I might feel for doing something that would wreck my life. You know, I feel for go uh, gambling and yeah, impulse and control. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Exactly. I think <laughs> that's that there's in, a that's difference in your between, expertise to yeah. talk about that, right? I think there's a little difference between really knowing that that's an intuitive hit as opposed to like you're saying, yeah. that's an that's a erratic impulse uh, behavior that's yes. being manifested because of not really being in tune with ourselves or not mm-hmm. knowing what's healthy for ourselves. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That seems to be a big question that, that uh, I get a lot of times in events is, well, how do I tell the difference between the static and the mind noise and intuition? And hmm. It's back to that glow. Mm-hmm. It's back to that sense of the book jumping off the shelf or the man or woman standing in the corner at the party that you just can't keep your eyes off of, even though they don't seem like a person you would normally walk up to and talk to, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of books, yeah, you had a, a recent publication about Fairly. a year ago. Yeah, was something it? like well, it's actually two now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, tell me, my a little, little baby. Bit about sure, yeah. sure. Expand your spiritual bandwidth. Uh huh. Which is uh, interesting uh, perspective on tying together strategies that empower people. Yeah, body, mind, and spirit. So during the pandemic it came to me that people needed solid takeaways, simple takeaways rather than maybe a big picture perspective on Hmm. the spiritual path or divinity and power within themselves. So I started Expand Your Spiritual Bandwidth with the models of self-regulation and management, artful management of thought and emotion, and then getting into other areas that intersect more with intuition, like developing a compassion reflex and learning how to have, say, a positive fixation versus a negative fixation, not in the psychological sense, but in terms of what we affix our attention to, Mm. to where we can, in a metaphysical sense, resonate or embody a certain frequency of energy. Like say, uh, in my perspective, if we're identified with our innocence, then we're not really resonating with the frequency of guilt, for instance. Mm. I think it's a really profound takeaway because I remember my one of my teachers, Sun Bear, the Met, Chippewa medicine man, he used to say all the time, oh, guilt is the most useless emotion, get rid of it. And I could feel it and most people can, well, that makes sense. But the question is how? Mm. <laughs> and not to oversimplify it, but in my experience, being identified with that innocence is a process that we can entrain ourselves to. So that's part of it. And it gets into mm. developing intuition as mm. well. You know, I call it becoming visionary in, in, the, in the book. Mm. Yeah. And so do you um, go around with workshops from the basis of the book? So what are your workshops that you're, that you're teaching right now? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, somewhat from the basis of expand your spiritual bandwidth, but uh, mostly... Lately, we've been doing uh, words of wisdom events, which is, you know, sharing a wisdom teaching, opening up to questions that are one-on-one and, and with the audience and, uh, and like that. The last w- words of wisdom event we did was a book signing event. So there was a correlation with, uh, with our, our book. Um, essentially, it's like a meeting point between intuition and inspiration. Mm. is kind of what I'm looking at with how I guide people and help people with both the psychic readings and the spiritual coaching, Mm. you know? And I like how you said in our earlier conversation of a lot of it starts with that stillness, you know, to, Mm. to find that point where we can listen and be open to hear what comes up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yesterday I was in a healing session, a vibrational healing session and immediately five minutes into it, it just came so clear to me. It's like, man, you're just taking on too much responsibility. You don't have to take on this oh, much yeah. responsibility. Wow. Like, yeah. I feel just responsible for my family or for, for some other people in my life, my clients. Sure. And not in sure. a codependent way, but just just that part that just said, you don't need to take on that much responsibility. It doesn't mean I don't need to care. It doesn't right. mean that I don't right. need to support. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it was because I felt like I just got such a nice still point that it just came through really fast. Mm. 
And it's like a just quick lesson that I needed to learn. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's it. It's such a great case in point. Mm -hmm. The messages are always forthcoming. Wasn't it uh, Ram Das who said, you know, the next message is always where you're at. Mm -hmm. It's always exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, if we have an agenda about what that message is supposed to be, yeah. I think that, that, that eclipses the clarity or the perception for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, openness, receptivity, being magnetic versus dynamic. Yeah, which is uh, to to explain my perspective on that. When I think of somebody being dynamic, it's like they're trying to be intuitive. You know, trying to make it happen. Again, more of that masculine performance kind of aspect, right. which is great. But the 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 receptivity is is very much hinged on the stillness, as yeah. you say. Yeah. The one energy that I pick up from you that I love because I maybe because I match it in what I like to see in myself is around humbleness. Oh, wow. And I think there's a, a power in, in humbleness of, you know, when I think yeah. of saying to people, hey, really explore your intuition with each other. You know, couples <laughs> really go at it, but then right. the ego can get involved into like, I know what you're thinking. I know mm. what's best as opposed to like, I don't have a clue of where this is going. Like the humbleness of knowing I might be picking up something. I might, it might be off or right. it might be on. Right. But right. I think, especially when couples are together, we have to watch and be it, the empowerment and uh, of humbleness is a wonderful quality to have, mm. especially when it comes to, I think areas that we might tread on each other Definitely. in some way. Definitely. Yeah, to walk with compassion. Definitely. Such so such a great perspective because that's what allows us to flourish. Like we get out of that survival state, we get out of trying, we get out of living by stress hormones, all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the big potential when we look at how do we bridge into more, well, what does expand your spiritual bandwidth mean? You know, I mean, it's a, it's a poetic phrase, but when I thought about it and I wrote our book, it was like, well, it's simply being able to perceive and receive more information from mm. the divine. Yeah. yeah. And uh, boy, it's, you know, just really, really well said. You, the, the humility is definitely the essence of receptivity. Yeah. Right. I think of the yogic culture, for instance, they um, often, the mystics and the yogis from, uh, you know, far east in the Indian culture, they identify with their ignorance versus their knowledge. Mm. And boy, isn't that a counter uh, response to the Western civilization and, and the worship of the intellect, which obviously is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think it has to be at the cost of the kind of essential operating equipment of feeling things out. I know when I do teach um, intuition with the intuitive development workshops and whatnot, one of the first exercises I love to pass along to people is like, say you're at a gas station or a checkout counter. And I'll just say to people, hey, just start with first impression, right? Because that's really a guide impression. Our first impressions are usually very, very accurate if we're being present, if, mm. if we're being open. Yeah. And just noticing, I encourage people, just notice that without judgment, that's really important to back off the judgments and that kind of hyperanalysis and just observe, are you attracted to the person? Does it feel like a welcoming energy or a warm energy? Or, you know, do you, do you feel like uh, interested? Do you feel disinterested? Do you feel safe? Do you not feel safe? I mean, just that, that kind of keying into our sensing, the sensing dimension of a human being starts to awaken that faculty. I know Yogananda, beautifully referred to intuition as a soul faculty. Mm. And I've always loved that, you know? I mean, who's to say like how we have to think of it? We don't have to brand it one way or the other, but I, I like to think that it is a faculty of the soul. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. yeah, me too. It certainly functions for the good of the soul. Right. It seems like it's all, well, it doesn't seem like it is, that it's always steering us in the right direction. Yeah. And part of that essence that you're speaking to is like trusting ourselves to be able to pick up on that first impression and trust that mm, that yes. first impression without judgment, that it's not coming from judgment, that it's coming from observation. Absolutely. And that's information. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, cool, man. That's Thanks. really freeing. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Pritho. I enjoyed this. Beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me, Pritho. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. And is there anything Fantastic. coming up for you that uh, you want people to know? I'll have um, your information on the show notes for people oh, to sure. contact you, but any anything coming Great. up in the next few months that you're doing? We're taking a little break in terms of the events, but I've got my spiritual coaching uh, containers and the sessions that I'm working with people all over the planet with. And and uh, we'll see. We're, we've got some classes coming up, but uh, nothing uh, uh, really on the radar at the moment. You wait till your intuition tells you. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> a little break. Uh -huh. Yeah. But uh, the sessions are marching forward with people all over. I mean, now, uh, strangely enough, on six continents with people. Wow. Nice. Like you. Yeah. You know, it's amazing in our world how it's just really, the doors are open and people are so interested in what I think of as a kind of DIY soul craft. Yeah. Like, like, how can I find a way to really from within myself be empowered? You know? Yeah, teach yeah. myself instead of being taught at in some way. Beautifully yeah. said, yeah. No. I absolutely concur on that one. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for coming out, man. Thank I appreciate you, it. Prepa. My mm -hmm. pleasure. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of Heartshare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.